Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance, or Disasters, sorry. (laughs) Well, you're not far off. (laughs) No, uh, (laughs) this is Lisa, and I am podcasting to you from Sacramento this week. Oh, that's almost like Vegas, right? It's like the Vegas of California. Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) So you can like, you can be the Larissa on the show. I know. The, I, the one good thing about being here, though, is today it's actually really beautiful here and very clear. Is it really? So you don't have the smoke? Because I, I don't know if you guys know out there in the rest of the country or the world that we here in the Bay Area are like seriously suffering from smoke inhalation caused by a very large fire that's going on. I thought it was out by you. I thought it was by Sac. No, it's in Chico. It's like up north. Oh, you're right. It's too far north. That's true. But it it was bad yesterday. I could actually smell the smoke here in Sacramento where I couldn't smell it by my house in Alameda. Yeah, I barely smelled it yesterday in Oakland. And today, like straight up, I can see the sun for the first time yeah. in a took week, a, so I, I feel strong. I took a picture and sent it to my husband, who's still in the Bay Area, and said, it's like blue skies. Um, yeah. No, it is. I hope that they take the kids out in, at Moe's daycare, because they've been cooped, cooped up for, up, oh, yeah. like, seriously well over a week now, and I feel so sorry for him. And it just looks so nice out. I'm, like, thinking that they'll be overcautious and not let them out, but I kind of feel like they should let them out, because it's, yeah. it's okay. And the poor kids, I mean... I know. My sister's doing some gardening work at her house with my older daughter. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah like, so she's not worried about it. Enjoy. Um, okay, so before we get started, though, I do want to ha- just, we have to talk a little bit about the news that came out about Larissa last week. Yes, but even before that, I need to make a little PSA announcement, which is that our our third host, Petey, is with us. She is awake. <laughs> I am sitting looking at her right now. She is looking lovingly back at me as she gnaws on her plastic keys. And, you know, she may or may not allow this to proceed. <laughs> so yeah. if, you know, she starts getting crunk, I'm just going to take a break. And it's just I'm do I normally I try to record when she's napping. But in the interest of getting the episode out, especially before the holiday on Thursday, I just wanted to give it a shot. And it would be good to know if she can sort of kick it while we're recording. So we're going to give it a shot. And my deepest apologies if it's a little sketchy. But yes, back to the article. I posted it on our Facebook page, which is getting a lot of traction. Please, if you haven't checked out our Facebook page, 90 Day Disasters, um, please check it out. We're starting to build a real community there. There's some back and forth discussion with people, um, and yep. I think it's just a fun place to, like, continue the breakdown even when there's not, like, a fresh episode available. And we will be getting a, an Instagram page. I, we just – just give us a minute. I'm really <laughs> bad at Instagram, so I'm putting that one squarely in your wheelhouse, Lisa. <laughs> I, think, I think I need to recruit our husbands to help us out considering they work for Facebook. Exactly. They yeah. can they can really take the the lead on that. <laughs> hopefully they can hopefully they can work on that. Yeah, I can barely I have like a, I have an Instagram page and it's literally just all pictures of things that I've baked. 
um, because I'm, I'm extra like that and basic for that matter. Um, <laughs> so I do have one, but it's really, really poorly um, kind of t- cared for and, and curated just well, in and of itself. So we'll see. We'll see what is, we can do. He's disappointed with my Instagram game because he's like, it's all about the Insta stories. And I've never done it. I've never done it. We should Insta do story. that. Oh, my God. That is genius, though, because if we had an Instagram for this podcast and we didn't have time like you know to do a proper recording because it does take some doing because we're both doing it at the same time and that by the way people is why I recorded the solo Real Housewives in New York historical episode because Lisa just wasn't available she actually works for a living um, (laughs) and is not able to just do podcasting all day like some people Um, and so it might be really good if we had Instagram stories because then like one of us could just, and you know, they do it on bitch Sest too, with like just voice memos, then you can just record something quick, you know, and, and it's really fun to keep in touch with people that way. So that's something that we'll definitely try to do y'all. Yeah. We're getting there. Just, you know, give us a minute. Yeah. We're really technologically challenged. (laughs) Despite our husband. Despite our, despite our youth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, all right, so Larissa, it come, if you looked at our page and you read the article, Larissa has revealed that she has two children. Yes, I think by two different men. Yes, so the older one is a daughter, and the older one is living with her father, uh, Larissa's father. So the little girl's living with her grandfather. Um, and yes. the younger one is was a baby, might still be a baby, um, is a little boy, and... She was with the father of the little boy. And then after she had the baby, the the man came out as transgender. And she Well, that's what she says. That's what she said. She said he came out as transgender. She couldn't handle it. She flipped out. And so he took the baby and the baby has been adopted by um, the father's sister. By the way, it's unclear which kid is older from the article because I'm looking at it again right now. I'm just going to, if you don't mind, I'm just going to read the article out. Okay. Um, Just so that we have like, it's, so this is from Reality T. Go. Um, And I'm not going to read it word for word, but. I can't um, help you. I'm on the call. (laughs) Can you hear me? I can hear June. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I have a, I have a two-year-old lurker who is telling me that she pooped. Yes, I know it's Oh, you. that's a news will, item. Will you go tell Abuela that you, t- to help you? Please. And leave my shoes here, please. Oh, okay. At least give her something. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, please. This is, guys, this is just what it is. So yeah. we're not going to make apologies about yeah, this. It is what it is today. Okay, so it says that Larissa is a mother of two children, a son and a daughter who she left behind in Brazil. The father of her son came out on social media and basically told people this. He says that Larissa left when their baby, which I guess is the boy, mm-hmm. was seven months old. Um, she explains that she essentially had a long-term relationship with him. They had a baby. And then she found out, she says, that he was bisexual, a cross-dresser. I don't know if that's even a term people use anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> it's very old school. And then he was cheating on her with men. And that she got depressed and unable to take care of her son. And so his sister, I guess that's her ex-boyfriend's sister, Mm -hmm. adopted the boy. And then she has the daughter from another relationship who lives with Larissa's father. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because she says that she plans to bring her daughter to the U.S. one day Mm -hmm. when she's, quote, ready to take care of her. But she doesn't say anything about the son. So that's that's kind of interesting. I think the notion is the, 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 the claim here is that she essentially was suffering from depression after she 
you know, found out the truth about her her husband or her boyfriend you or know, whatever, and that it rendered her un- incapable of taking care of her son. But it's like, why would that go on ad infinitum? I, like, I don't understand that side of it. I don't know. You know, it's hard. It's like, it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Because if she had been depressed and suffering po- from postpartum in, in combination with dealing with the fact that her long-term partner has been cheating on her with other men and everything, and then she has this baby and she knows she cannot care for this child because she's just not in her right mind but you know if she had insisted on keeping the child and still trying to raise it she would be like people would say why don't you do what's best for the child no 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 you're completely misunderstanding me i could not be more supportive of someone taking whatever time they need to like take care of themselves and their own mental health and like not expose a small child to that if they aren't capable i just mean like why isn't she talking about eventually, you know, taking on well, because, sort of care of that boy? If she's if she's planning on taking care of her daughter, like when because I think that I her think. son has been adopted by the brother's sister. Oh, so you think she's lost all parental I rights? I think she possibly? gave up everything because it okay, says I, I think it. it said that the sister has adopted the child, and her daughter yeah, but is it, just with yeah. her dad. Yeah, again, we don't know. We don't know what the law is in Brazil either. Yeah, you know, who, know, who knows what the actual situation? I just really the only comment I'm making. It's not judgment. I just think it's sad. You know, like if ultimately she is capable of caring for one or more children, she wants to be an, an active participant in their lives, and she somehow isn't able to do that with her son. Maybe through past actions, past actions that could have been, and it sounds like were sort of um, initiated by the fact that she was dealing with a serious mental health crisis. I mean, that's just a huge bummer. And again, TLC, come on. Like, we need, like, funnier stuff. Like, this is too dark. It is really dark. I don't want to think about this. So let's start, speaking of dark, let's go ahead and start the episode. This is season six episode. It's episode six, technically, because episode five was a live episode with Michelle Collins. What? Yeah, she interviewed um, Mama Debbie and... Come on, did I miss something else? And this is John so and messed Leah. up. I did, not, I did not take notes on that one. Um, only, I didn't well, even see it. Like, I, I'm relying on t- the TLC Go app, and I must be missing stuff because I swear to God it was missing segments in the last episode, too, because you and yeah. I had that issue where I was, like, missing stuff. This is horrifying. Yeah, TLC I, go. Come on. I record on my DVR, and when I record yeah. on my DVR, I get a lot of extras. So the, that's the so silly. Episode five was this live interview with Mama Debbie and with um, John and Leah, Colt's friends. Yeah, you know? I think it's his um, cousin. I think, it, and then all, oh yeah, his cousin, and then also they interviewed uh, Jonathan's friend, um, the woman and her husband. Jonathan's friend the one that hosted that dinner oh right right right. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. they talked to him they talked to them too but it wasn't very interesting so I didn't bother to um podcast it or block to take notes about it I just wanted to get to the actual episode which is episode six called not what I thought and this is what aired on Sunday the 18th of November that's right. And we start back with Jonathan Fernandez's car argument, if you will. I love pop. <laughs> nice. The car argument. Um, yeah, they're fighting and 
it's- I loved how they made it look like in the last episode, like there was a cop rolling up on them. And then when it actually turned out, like to me, it looked like it was just sort of beach patrol or like yeah, a security guard, like a mall cop. I don't know who that totally. was. It was a complete like non-starter. It was. It was. That's, you know, they got to reel you in. And the guy, um, the, the cop or whoever it was, was probably just like re- attracted by the, the floodlights from the cameras. You know? Yeah. So I think my whole take on this, just this whole situation here is, did she overreact? Absolutely. She absolutely 100% overreacted. Sure. Sure. However, she's also in a highly vulnerable emotional place. You know, well, especially as it relates to cheating. I mean, even with everything else, I mean, he, she has she's such 19, like history. She's away from her whole entire family. She's trusting him. She's trying to put all of her trust on him because she's he's the only one she has. And she's already caught a freaking thong in his house, you know, so she's she's already highly like on high alert with this guy. And he's already walking a fine, teetering on this line. And so he needs to go kind of above and beyond to make her feel secure because she's not, it's not just your run in the mill, normal relationship with like, everything's been totally perfectly fine. And some girl walked up on him. Exactly. She's our, he, and he knows this. And so for him to kind of like dismiss i mean she says she feels disrespected but he's sort of dismissive about it and it's like she's not mature enough this is what my friends are warning me about because she's only 19 yeah this annoyed me so he he tries to say in confessional like oh she's being immature which yes of course but she is actually 19 so to me when you call someone immature generally you're saying i think or frequently if you're using it in a sort of pejorative you're suggesting that they are acting in a way that is less mature than they should be acting given their actual age, which is bullshit because she's literally a child. And then he says that he'll basically call off if she doesn't get better. I'm like, if she doesn't what? Like magically age 10 years? This woman is wildly inappropriate for you because specifically because of her age. I mean, take away the fact that she's from Mexico. Who cares? Take away the, the language thing. He clearly speaks competent Spanish. Like there aren't really actually issues here other than he actually is probably never really going to settle down in any significant way long term and the fact that she's way too young for him so for him to be like holding that against her when it's the thing that's literally like attracting her to him in the first place is so deeply hypocritical yeah and i and i just feel like it's he needs to understand his part in this whole thing like yes i you know i can i'm here with my fiance you know but you're in a club like and he's getting hammered in fact the fact that he even like trusted his own recollection of what had occurred enough to claim that it was all her fault is like just kind of odious yes yeah the whole thing is just bad um and it just i i just felt he just didn't try hard he's like trying to be the nice he just it's weird it's totally that guy that's like i do really love fernanda but in case things don't work i don't want to lose my game well, I don't think he's in danger of losing his game. Like, I don't think he has any intention of, like, giving it up. Yeah. And I think it's sad because he's selling her this bill of goods and, you know, it's all crap. Mm-hmm. And she's too young to know. Mm-hmm. All right. So oh, are you ready to move on Steven to? and Olga. Yes. And Olga. I can't even, you know. Oh, my God. This is the C-section. I wanted I've to said- tell Stephen to shut the fuck up. Oh, he was truly horrifying. I... <sighs> I have, I've said on the podcast before, I have had two C-sections and this scene just like brought me right back. Actually, I had one a mere six months ago and then I had another one two and a half years before that. 
And just watching this just like brought back so many of those memories. Like he says, oh, you're shaking. And it's like, she's not shaking in the like, oh, I'm trembling from fear or whatever way. The drugs make you shake. Oh, I was, I remember, I didn't even have a C-section. I just had, but I did have an epidural because it's a lifesaver. And when they put the epidural in, I mean, I was like visibly chattering. Like my teeth were chattering and I'm like, why am I so shaking? And it's so unsettling when that happens. But it's totally just the drugs and it's just where you are. But I remember before I went into labor, like my husband and I talked about it. I'm like, you cannot, like, don't tell me I'm doing a good job. Don't give me words of encouragement because that's just going to irritate me. Just be a silent supporter <laughs> because I know how I react and I would just get irritated with him. And so when Steven was like talking to her, I'm just like, shut up, man. And I- it's funny because at the, at the beginning when, when there was, when it was revealed that in Russia in general, or maybe in this hospital in particular, men are not generally allowed to be present at the birth. It kind of made sense here. I was like, he shouldn't be there. He is not making this better for her. He's making this worse for her. Yeah. And I did not need to see, like, I know they gave us the whole warning about, like, graphic surgical. Not on the TLC Go app. Uh, Well, (laughs) they did on my television. It's like it's a trigger warning free zone (laughs) on the app. Like, watch at your own risk. (laughs) So I put it on. So it said that I kept thinking, who's going to have surgery? And then I remembered the seat sec- section and they really didn't hold back like no I, well I they like, did though they did all bit, they really showed was like blood and cutting and there's I so much more to, it. to like, see that most people myself or not most people but for me at least they took all my organs out Ugh. not all of them but a lot of my organs out of that like area and they kind of just like put them on your chest while they're taking the baby out and then they put them back oh my and gosh. they didn't show that <laughs> i can't Ugh. anyway i loved when the baby who was fucking humongous nine pounds finally appeared the doctor said quote what an eagle big baby <laughs> i thought that was kind of a fun <laughs> way of putting and he did kind of look like an eagle like he had his arms out and yeah. i think they all kind of come out like that so it was this funny like russian euphemism that was like super on the nose it was really cute he's so here's nine a nine pound baby 4.1 kilos um, yeah my daughter was four kilos and it's like if you're one bit over four kilos then they kind of treat you like you're pre-diabetes actually because they're like too big that's that was that was I think what they told me at the hospital about my daughter but maybe I'm wrong about the kilos I think it was kilos I think it was four kilos wow yeah so that's interesting big baby nine pounds is a big baby um and but it's good I mean I've oh I my babies were my daughter my older daughter was eight pounds and my second one was eight and a half almost almost nine and I loved having big babies it made me just feel so much more comfortable yeah and secure I didn't worry as much about them because they were just big and healthy and strong yeah same here I was really touched because the baby when it came out and 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 this was true of my daughter too it's crying right and that's always something that you're kind of like looking for and waiting for but my son was born with um like amniotic fluid in his lungs because partially because he was breech and then also because he was liver via c-section which is why he was liver via c-section um and he didn't really cry and i didn't really know at the time what was going on and it was so scary because he ended up in the NICU and they had to like kind of pump the fluid out of his lungs and i remember when my second child was born and she was immediately crying i like burst into tears because i was just so relieved you know that yeah. she didn't have this like breathing problem and i kind of obviously olga didn't wasn't coming at it from that perspective because right. she hadn't had that experience that i'd had 
But she had, interestingly, exactly the same kind of like immediate emotional reaction to kind of hearing the baby cry. And mm-hmm. I was so, I felt like so sort of empathetic with her in that moment. Yeah. Was, it was, it was a very sweet moment. Little Richie is born. Um, and then I don't we- know. In that moment, it seemed like Stephen kind of got it. You know, it seemed like he had some understanding of the fact that he was a dad and that this kid was going to be his responsibility and that he wanted it to do right by the kid. And it was only in, like, later segments that I started to question that again. And then, um, can you go ask a to help you with that? <laughs> I'm not going to change your diaper. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Now we go to Colton Larissa. And... I this is where I get really upset with Larissa because she's super yeah. annoying. I think they're doing her dirty on the editing. I really do. Yeah, but she's just such a uh like she's it's, Well, she's annoying is the problem. She is. So, you don't want to give her the benefit of the doubt. All I mean, I get that. I have complain. that too. Like it's hotter than it's a nightmare here. And, I mean, I can relate. I would hate to live in Vegas. I wouldn't. I think it'd be okay. Oh God, I would hate it. I'm so, and I'm sorry to all you people who live in Vegas. I'm sure that you love it and it's wonderful for you. But I, but I, I do associate Vegas with the Strip, and I literally have like a three day window, and then I have to get out of there. Like it's just too much. I cannot handle Vegas for any longer than that. Um, so I get it, but like it's just so annoying. Like if move on already. Well, and then, of course, Colt says something of Larissa that, frankly, is true of me, okay? He says, Larissa constantly wants to buy things. <laughs> and I'll tell you, there was no worse decision in my life than the one to download the Amazon app. Because, <laughs> oh, my God, I cannot get enough of it. And I'm a Prime member, so I'm like, oh, I can just get free shipping. I can return it if I don't like it. Uh-huh. And, you know, for her, I think being in the United States where the consumer culture is just I think it's probably greater here than anywhere else in the world has got to be kind of, you know, swaying for her. It's got to be getting her in this mindset. The only weird thing was that he says that she doesn't understand how much things cost, which, okay, fair enough. She doesn't have a job here. It's the American dollar. I don't know. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's not familiar to her, but he says that he, she thinks she has 70% of the decision-making power when it comes to money. And that, I just, that came out of left field for me. Yeah. That's weird. Why would she just don't get it? I mean, I mean, 50, okay, maybe I get, even though it's not really her money, but 70 is just a very, like, odd, odd number. Yeah, that is weird. And then she, so they start talking. It's weird because at first they start talking, she starts saying how we absolutely need a new car immediately with air conditioning. And Which they kind of do. I get that. I get that. But, like, he seems to kind of dismiss it. Like, no, we're not going to get a new car. But then they go to the dealership and get it and go look at cars yeah but again this is the kind of thing that feels staged to me so it's like the perfect situation where she's gonna want the thing that's totally inappropriate and he's gonna have to talk her down and it's just it's it's too pat you know well and the thing but the thing that annoys me about larissa too one of one of the many things is that she's so overly dramatic like every she says every time i want to buy something Colt says that I can't, that she can't make the decision on her own. Oh, she's definitely a drama llama. But it's kind of, it's kind of like, except that like the things that you've wanted to buy thus far are a $1,200 sofa and like a car. Like, let's aim a little bit lower here. 
you know. And not just any car, like, but a fancy car. Like, Blackie and Biggie. Yeah, back and fancy. And I'm getting so irritated with her like weird thing of pronouncing the silent e. I, I don't know. I they're not even a silent e. There's no like silent. There's no e at the end of big, you know. Yeah, I know. But it's I don't know. It's it's very strange and it's annoying. Um but she needs to aim a little lower. I felt like Larissa's sister aim a little lower. Pick a meal, buy some shoes. Why does she pick this blanket? like huge SUV? Anyway, they don't have dogs they don't have kids like what is the point of having such a big car i don't get it because big is means money and that's what she seems to think and she seems to equate love with money too a lot of people do especially on this show yeah like she's kind of like if you love me then you'll buy me everything they have this really awkward conversation where she's like oh you have to get a big car because you're a big guy and he seemed to take a compliment it was very very strange and then then she just comes right out and says it if you bring someone from another country you need to spend money on her right so it's like do you really have to like spell it out for us i mean the entitlement is just like pouring out of her now i'm not sure what kind of car it was that she picked it was um i think it was a I recognized it. I think it was a Dodge SUV, like the three-row SUV. But by the way, you and I both have the Acura equivalent of that. You and I both have MDXs, which is like all these brands make like the same car, kind of. Right, it's like right. the three-row SUV, you know, but that's still kind of more compact than like a Suburban or whatever. Yeah, I mean... It, and that's it, what she picked. Everything is all relative, right? Because... Like, in the grand scheme of things, she doesn't pick that expensive of a car. I mean, no, I think it's a Dodge. Yeah, it's $23,000. Right. Although I think it's used. Yeah, but still, but that's out of their price range. So, relative, like I'm saying, it's relative. So, But then the guy brings this really fun. nice Kia around, this, like, bright candy red, and she says it's a nightmare. I'm like, that's not a nightmare. That's it's a hella so, nice car. And it's, like, a hybrid SUV. So and she's it's, like, like, brand new, basically. It's so tiny. I'm like, okay, it's not tiny. It's not a Mini or a Fiat. Like, chill yeah, out. Yeah, that lady. was strange. It was so crazy. And then she's just, like, she's just in the wrong town. I feel like she should be, she should be in, like, Dallas. In an F-350 right. black truck with, like, Murica written across the back or something. Maybe. Not, like, some little engineer living with his mom in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, she doesn't seem like someone who makes the most rational decisions. Mm-mm. So it could just be that this was, like, the first guy that really bit for her and she just ran with it. You know, like, like bird in the hand kind of a thing. Which isn't actually totally irrational. Yeah, she just is. A, she's a, a little bit easier to take a FISA and FISA. You're right. I, I have to agree with that. But the thing I liked about Anfisa is that she was actually more upfront about it. Yeah, with she George, was more. With us, she was sort of unapologetically, you know, materialistic. And it's like, I value honesty pretty highly, even if I don't like what you're actually saying. If I feel yeah. like you're telling me the truth, I feel a little bit differently. Yeah. This girl's I, trying to manipulate him, it seems. Yeah, well, yeah. And he's easily manipulated. And it's like offensive. She's like offensively bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready to go on to Ashley and Jay? Yeah. I have to say, I, I actually really like Jay. You really? I'm starting to really like him. I know. I know. He's got like all these like, you know, man whore issues and stuff. But like, I don't know. I, I kind of like, I'm, I'm enjoying the scenes better. Like 
it makes me feel better about him for some reason. Even though what he's saying is not great. Like, he gets along with a lot of people. He's able to make friends despite his age. And, you know, he just seems to be a, a little bit more. I don't know. I, I, I like him. I, I, well, I, I think that's good. I'm Hopefully, it'll rub off on me. Let's see. Um, but so they go to like a farmer's market or like a big market. And I'm glad Jay finally got a good warm jacket. And a pickle. I thought that was really cute how excited he was about pickles. Yeah, he said that they're upscale in Jamaica, which actually makes sense because I have a friend who makes pickles, like not as her job, but as like a hobby. And she said that it's really complicated. Like you have to you have to sort of purify them to the extent that you're getting rid of every kind of impurity in the brine before you even brine them. And it's quite a process. So it does yeah. it does ring of luxury, even though we don't think of it that way because they're so cheap here. Yeah. And then it kind of goes more serious. Like he he talks about how uncomfortable he is because he feels like everyone's staring at him. Okay, yeah, but he 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 um believes that it's because he's black, which it absolutely could be. And she makes this comment that she's living in a town that's nicknamed White Something. Mm-hmm. I forget White Shores or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little disingenuous to me because, or or maybe just misguided because they're being followed by a whole camera crew right so people are like you can't say that that's what it definitely is maybe it's partially that but there's no way that people are not looking at them because they're they're on a show you know you see it in the housewives all the time like people in the background in restaurants and stuff they're looking over or they're blatantly trying to get into the shot yeah you know so i i didn't like that because he's taking an issue that's so so serious and legitimate and to me he's kind of like taking away some of the credibility of that I guess so. that argument. I, I guess so. But then when they're like sitting there talking, you know, he asked a really good question. Why do white people always think a black person is bad? And I well, know that's a question that I don't think anyone can even answer. No, but it's it's a very honest question from somebody who doesn't live in a culture who doesn't come from a culture where he's in the that's minority the case. Well, he's not in the minority in Jamaica. No, and right? no, and people don't just think that you're bad because you're black. I think that I think that he's what he's really putting his finger on too is the fact that minorities in general are treated with suspicion. Yeah, and in this particular place, he is in this tiny, tiny, tiny minority. Yeah. And, I mean, according to Ashley, anyway, that it's just like a very, very white town. But I have to be honest with you, Pennsylvania of all places is not one that I think of as being like the worst of the worst in the United I, States and I as far as racism goes. I mean, it's in the North. That makes a difference, you know? I, I agree with you, but for him, it is the worst because... I agree. It, when he's I think al- he's at a real al- disadvantage here. When the alternative is there's none to coming with any. And then he's with a partner who is very... I mean, she's very white privilege. Like, the white privilege just kind of, like, pours out of her, like... This is just something we're going to have to get used to. And he's like, no, I have to get used to it. You don't have to get yeah, used to it. Yeah, but what anything. is she supposed to do about it? Like, I felt like he was blaming her for something that's not her fault. No, I think what he's trying to do is that he's trying to make her, like, she needs to have a little bit more empathy. Rather, It's not just to, like, oh, well, get used to it. Suck it up. Like, it's. I don't a- think that's what she was saying. I think she's really wow. saddened by it. And she just doesn't have a solution because there is no solution. And I he's sort of so. lumping her in with the other people who are he's thinking are are judging him based on his race and it's like well obviously she's not if she's marrying you no i know that but i think that there's a level of like she just she says she understands but she doesn't really 
nobody can understand. I mean, I don't even understand it. I mean, which I'm is not, why he shouldn't I'm be blaming black. her. I don't think he's blaming it, her, it's, but I it's think a hopeless what, situation. I think what he probably is a little upset about is that she didn't prepare him. She didn't prepare him. I agree. And I completely agree with that point. I think that's why he's really mad at her. I think yeah. it's a reasonable thing to be mad about. And yeah. it's a problem. Like she, she should have probably familiarized herself more with the issues before she just sort of threw him in the deep end. Cause yeah. he was going to be, he was going to be surprised. He's from a predominantly black country. Yeah. So he he's... wasn't in the minority there. And that's a huge change. Yeah. I think so. Well, hello, and he said Petey. he's watching all the video. Yeah, that's Petey. She's, <laughs> she's got views. I think she has strong views about racism in America. Actually, I, I think that's what we're hearing right now. Passion. She, the passion of wrong. the young. She's not wrong. You go, Petey. Okay, Petey. <laughs> <laughs> she's currently blowing bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we, if we're ready to move on to yes. Kalani Kel- and Asuelu. All right. So... <sighs> These guys They're are headed taking... to Utah. They say yeah. it's a six-hour drive. Okay, so that's not crazy, but definitely not fun with a five-month-old. It's not, but and everything seems to be going well. And then she gets irritated by him. Like, he's trying to keep it light, and he's being kind of a jokester, but she's just not having it. She's annoyed. Yeah. Um, and then this is where she totally loses her shit. Right, because the baby starts crying kind of out of nowhere, and she refers to it as a hurt cry, which, I mean, I can really sympathize with her on this because there are different cries that your baby has, and this one actually sounded bad. Like, it sounded like he was in pain or something. And that's not necessarily the case, but Asuelo's the one back there with him. So, you know, there's a legal, there's a legal, uh, um, what is it, uh, doctrine, and I can't remember the Latin name for it, but it's essentially that, like, if you're alone in a room, and a glass breaks, like, it's your fault. <laughs> you know, like, you must have been the yeah, one to do it. Yeah, although... And that the, was this. I guess so. But she she already is... It's kind of like, you know, she's she's already... She's looking for something to get mad about. Yeah, yeah she's I know. Already, and so, for the video, it didn't look like anything was really hurting him. No, it didn't. And, but I get it. You know, my kids, have they have different cries, like you said. Um, but she, and it's very like, upsetting to a mom if she's in a situation like that where she can't do anything. Because not only was she driving, but she also had Cheeto hands. <laughs> she totally had Cheeto Which I hands. felt added to the chaos. <laughs> I was like, please don't grab the baby with those Cheeto fingers. Exactly. <laughs> Who cares then, about the cars racing by 90 miles an hour? I was worried about the Cheeto fingers. And then as Willie is just trying to comfort Oliver, so he takes him out of the car seat while they're driving on the freeway and yes this was horrifying to me but, but he did not know time, he did he not didn't know. know yeah and i feel know. like like i mean he just saw a house with walls for the first time i mean yeah. crying out loud yeah it was crazy for her to expect that car seat law and yeah. i mean i see both sides it just is a fucked up I situation because i totally understand her perspective i would be flipping out and, well he said something funny he said when the baby's crying i feel like my head will explode i was yeah, like preach <laughs> that's so true it's like your whole nervous system like melts down especially when it's that kind of a cry as oh opposed gosh. to just like there are all these other levels of crying that you could ignore much more easily although still you can't ignore any of them in my view unless when you just can't hear them when you're in the car like i remember with when my daughter my older daughter i would take her to san francisco because i was living in the east bay but i would go meet my friends in the city and i would bring her 
and have lunch with my friend who also had a baby. And on the way back, she hated being in the car seat. So we were on the bridge, mm-hmm. on the Bay Bridge. Oh, She's God. Like well, you can't pull over. Crying and crying and crying. And I remember calling my husband going, I started crying. And he's like, she's not going to die. Like, just chill out. She's not going to die. You just have to ignore it. Just, like, just power through. And then as soon as you get off the freeway, just pull over if you really need to. But don't worry. She's not going to die. And I just remember being so upset by it. And then later, we were driving back from Sacramento. And my mother-in-law was in the front seat with me. And she started screaming again. And I remember pulling off into some grocery store parking lot on the way home. And my mother-in-law is so, she's such a calming person. Like, she never raises her voice. She doesn't yell. She's just a very calm person. So she sat in the back seat with her and was like, I'll just sit back there and don't worry. You know, I mean, I think she really felt like, felt for me in, in that moment. And I was just so distraught, you know, and it was nobody was back there with her. But I was so like, oh, my God, my baby's crying. And now that I have June, I mean, it's she, different. she cries and I'm just like, yeah, you're June. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, thank God somebody's finally mentioning the only important person in here. I know. She keeps in this pointing, program. She keeps pointing at herself like me, me, say my name. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, she cried and I'm just like, turn up the volume on this radio. Uh, yeah, I've but- actually climbed okay. into the back seat before. Like when my husband was driving, obviously, I've like yeah. climbed into the back seat just to like reassure myself because you're in this tiny enclosed space that no one really wants to be in anyway. And it can, it's, it's torture. I mean, it really is torture. I can understand him needing to like do something about it. Now people here understand that it's just not an option. And I think for him, he, he just didn't get it. Plus he didn't have any control to pull the car over. That was on. No, there's nothing driving. And he he could, you know, he just didn't know what to do because he's just out of his element. And the thing is, like, this is where she goes to like dramatics again. Like this is where you get her like dramatic episode coming on where she's she tells us in a confessional that this baby's situation makes me doubt wanting to marry us Waylu. yeah I'm that like, was stupid and you i didn't know believe it. i'm like girl shut the fuck out like seriously every mom feels that way about their spouse when they have a baby <laughs> yeah but true. he's even at more of a disadvantage because he's not from here like give him a break teach him it's his first child He's in a different in a, in a new country for the first time, and he's only twenty three. Like, given well, give plus him he's a- in this he's in this like disadvantage too. Oh, jeez, Petey. Where she can just then they've mentioned it in other with other couples that it's like there's a return policy within the ninety days. <laughs> I know. I just feel like she's so she he has like such a she has such a small fuse for him and he's got such a steep learning curve with her like be a little bit patient this person isn't like somebody who i mean he's even told us that like in samoa there's no car seat law like we don't need those you know so you have to kind of understand where he's coming from too it can't just be him coming here and having to like learn everything on his own like you also have to have a little bit of empathy and perspective is because i agree i don't know, think she's making any allowances for him at all and it's just none. unrealistic it's, it's totally unrealistic like if that were my husband in that situation well yeah i would have freaked out on him just like kalani but he's from here he knows the law you know that would have just been him being stupid but like this poor guy just doesn't know anything i mean, I mean i'll say this and i don't know if this is throwing my husband under the bus but it is what it is 
I had to learn to lower my expectations when it came to like childcare. My husband's an amazing dad, but at the end of the day, he doesn't know what I know because I'm with them more and I do all the research and, you know, there's oh. this sort of idea of the mother's mental load. We and all so I, have to lower our I think I think most women do. Yeah. yeah. And, and she's not, and she's not doing that, but I think she will. She has end, to. I hope. Yeah. She, she has, has to. to. I mean, cause he's never, he, she's going to forever be disappointed. Oh, no, no, no. No, thank you. Can I have that? No, thank you. We don't go into mommy's purse. No, thank you. Yeah. Is that your book? Okay, you read. All right. I'm sorry. No, All don't right. be. Now, speaking of apologies, she apologizes to him and he plugs his ears and then says that she was acting like a little boy. That was really <laughs> irritating to me. That's not an option. Yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. But given like I they just don't know how to commute they don't know how to fight yet I mean this is why when I when people say to me like oh I'm in the perfect relationship we never fight I'm always like that is a red flag because in every relationship you have to have arguments you have to have disagreements because you have to know how to resolve them and this is the issue with them like I don't think they have ever fought before and this is the first time they've gotten into like a real argument and they need to like figure it out because I think they will. I think they, they will. I think they will too. But I think that we we were saying to people who haven't fought and they don't know how each other works in that situation. They're right. very different types of people, and so they have to like learn how to make this work. I agree, and they're both they both seem very young, like even for their ages, which is concerning. Yeah, and they keep mentioning that Kalani's just really young and really. Not, I mean, she's twenty. She's thirty. She's not that yeah, young. Yeah, I know. I, I know. mean, not that, not that 30's old, but, like, it's not 19. And it's not 23. No, no. Nope. All right. Um, so they stop at a hotel for the night, um, which it's so funny because I know it's a six-hour drive to Utah. It, I felt like, okay, they must have just gone three hours and stopped at a hotel. But later we will see that they're only really an hour away. <laughs> I think that they just reached a point where they were completely at the end of their rope. And yeah. I'm kind of surprised that we didn't see that on camera. You know, yeah, like I know. Whatever, whatever led to her, like, actually feeling the need to pull over was probably a thing. Yeah, and I get that, like, because all of a sudden it was, like, nighttime. That's true. Um, okay, so now we get to Leda and Eric. And this is where it kind of gets, like, weird. So Leda stayed at the apartment that Eric had rented for her parents. Right. Um, because his apartment was such a shithole. And, um, and probably also because he has a twin bed. Um, and the thing is, like, she, Leda talks a lot about, like, how she's afraid her family's going to make her go back home. And she's, like, nervous and all stuff. But then she sits there and, like, talks shit about him and his apartment. Like, she tells them everything horrible about their apartment, about about Eric's apartment. She's like, yeah, you I don't, know, dirty. But I think, yeah, but they were going to see it, so I don't, there was no point in, in lying, I mean. Well, no, it wasn't about lying, but just, it just seemed like, you know, there were ways to do it that would sort of still maybe get them on your side. Like, yeah. I don't know, it just seemed like very like, oh god, this guy lives in a fucking shithole. Yeah, um, I agree. She could have she could have softened the blow a little bit, and she she definitely didn't. Yeah, and then and then Raina decides that they need to go see the place. So, while this is the part that I did not love, uh, while Eric's at work, Leda takes the whole family over there, which oh, it's just garbage. Um, 
Lita takes the whole family over there, and I, I which like- clearly was not the plan. No. Yeah. Okay, go over there. Here. Um, I felt like it was a little bit. Um, I don't know. I felt like it was a little intrusive to do that to Eric. I mean, he's made so many. He's made it very clear, at least to us. Maybe he didn't make it clear to her, but to us that he rented this apartment for them so that they wouldn't see his apartment, and he's taken all these pains to like not show him the place. And then he, they get there. He and Leda had gotten there, and he was like, "I can't believe my daughter didn't clean up." So he's clearly embarrassed. And then to take her, her whole family there when he's at work, especially with his samurai weapons, like so proudly displayed in his bedroom. Yeah, I just felt like it was kind of a dick move on her part. Um, and but then I was also irritated that like Eric didn't make any effort to clean up before he went to work. Like you can wash the right. dishes, you can right? Because she didn't sleep there, so we know it's been overnight, and you know, had like he had time an entire to clean night up a little. Yeah, like I'm not yeah. saying you have to go and buy new furniture and make it, but you can at least make it clean. It's true. Like, put or make Tasha do some cleaning. Yeah, or like you know, wash the dishes or something. Like that was so. Anyway, it um. It was just, it was, God, they're totally disgusted, which we all could have anticipated. Um, I mean, she does really, it was, this was not a happy accident for her, you know, like accidentally clicking on him. Um, It, she ended up picking like the most, the messiest and American she could find, really. I Um, really am just confused at this point. I mean, Raina says a couple of interesting things. She says that she, quote doesn't know whether it's worth it like whether it's worth it for Leda to be with Eric which begs the question like what is on the positive side of that ledger because it's there's nothing there's no indication whatsoever of why she would want to be with him while the evidence is mounting fast and high that he's totally inappropriate for her and he's not actually going to be able to provide for her in the way that she requires yeah because now they're on high alert about his financial abilities and the dad is even like, you guys need to find a different place. Like this is not appropriate. And, you know, I still have not seen from Leda any sense that she actually is in love with this guy. Zero. I I don't understand it. I don't know if it's like she's committed to this. So she has to save face and doesn't want to be like a failure and like go back home or something. I don't know if it's to get away from her family. I, I really don't know what it is, but it's not that she loves him because it I don't see that, that way. Although, you know, he's not very demonstrative either. Whereas I feel pretty convinced that he is in love with her. So maybe they're just not a demonstrative couple. You yeah, know, people might. are That's different. true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Cause it's the only thing that really makes sense is if she actually loved him, honestly. I know. I, <laughs> the I, only way. So bizarre. Because she's not getting a better life here. She's getting a significantly worse life, it appears. So it's not that, you know. And her family clearly loves her. And, you know, unless they're the best actors in the world, they don't seem unreasonable or overly imposing. You know, I I really, I really don't know what's going on with her. Mm -hmm. And then Raina says that, Raina says Leda's a sucker, basically, that she's easily fooled by people. And I'm like... What exactly did he claim he had? There's no way he said to her, like, like, I'm a millionaire. You know, I can keep you in this lifestyle. He specifically at least tells us that he told, you know, that he made it as clear as he, not as clear as he could, but somewhat clear that Mm -hmm. he wasn't going to be able to do that. So how exactly did he fool her, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, It's just a sad situation. Her her parents don't seem as... um, 
forceful about it though as she it she makes us think no no you know, I like agree. That's I what thought I that saying. they would come in and say that's it pack your bags we're taking you out of here they seem to be a little bit more reasonable I mean they're definitely like what the hell kind of place is this and they're in shock and they think it's a terrible place but they're not like okay get in the car you know she made him and terrifying and that they were going to make her leave and they've not given any indication of that in fact they're like well get another get, let's look at a different place like they're giving him the benefit of the doubt and the parents are but i would say reyna is the way that she sort of claimed her parents were which is interesting reyna's yeah. tough yeah reyna has no patience for this whole situation yeah. but she doesn't appear to like her sister either so uh, yeah i mean I not at all all right so are ready to go to John and Fur. Yeah, and, and first of all, I have to note, he, you know, he slept on the couch. She's mad at him from last night's, you know, send up. And then he tells her that he had his hands up when the woman came up to him. And that is not true. I was watching it very carefully. Mm-hmm. He had his hands all over the woman's hips and waist. And it's like, that is just a bald-faced lie. And I don't know whether he doesn't remember or if he's actually you know knowingly misleading her but that really irritated me yeah and i think that also like it's very clear from this whole thing she doesn't trust him and that he needs to earn her trust and yeah you know she's concerned because she's like this all happened and i was i was there i was with you like what happens when i'm not around <laughs> yeah this is, is him on his best point. behavior <laughs> this is him on his best behavior this is like the best he's ever going to act and he's still got his hands all over this other woman so it's like yeah. this is this is a disaster waiting to happen and you know i hate to think about the kind of general he he's such a cliche you know yeah, he is. like the toxic bachelor like the guy that just can't can't you know sort of be faithful to one woman and I'm just like then why are you wasting her time you know it's like he wants to have his cake and eat it too he wants to have like a family life and be respectable and be a married man but he absolutely doesn't want to turn off the faucet and it's just really really repugnant yeah because she clearly is like a family woman like she's not trying to go out and look for other men or no way or anything like she found her she was able to get her man and now she's like that's it this is it for me you know and family she's just the whole thing is just I hope I'm wrong about him you know because sometimes he seems warm and he seems genuinely into her but I you know I I get such a player vibe from him and like he's nowhere near the point of actually like letting that go he kind of reminds me of um Tom D'Agostino remember Luann's Luann's husband of five minutes on on Rehazas New York it's like he gets this like wild itch every 10 years wild hair every 10 years to like settle down but he's not actually going to be able to see it through you know? no yeah and meanwhile he's just like ruining some woman's life yep so now we go to colt and larissa colty and larissa Colty-y. and colt shows mama debbie uh the ring that he got larissa mm-hmm. um and he mama talked- debbie just really keeps her mouth shut here she i does. think she knows that she's only gonna lose credibility with him if she speaks out so yeah well because she's got everything to lose right so she's got to be supportive and um he colt talks to his mom about adding larissa to the joint account and she's fine with it i mean i think she's worried that larissa is going to spend but I, i have to wonder if debbie doesn't have another account like if that's not just like the joint account for the apartment and stuff. well she you know, does now for the house. <laughs> 
Yeah, I hope so. I hope she's not giving Larissa access to all of her funds. I just think it's a bad idea. Like, you know how she is, and it's just, like, a really bad idea. Oh, hi, Dad. Look, Bobo's here. Go hang out with the Bobo. Put your things on. Oh, he's going to take you outside. Go get your boots on. Are we to assume she eventually got her diaper changed? (laughs) Sorry. She did. My mom left. My mom went to to go work out. She went to her class. And so now my dad just walked in, and so they're going to go. She's going to go get her boots. They're in the car. They're in the bedroom. Go. Go with daddy. Go with Bobo. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. All right. So I think it's a bad idea to put her on the joint account with his mother. Like, get your own joint account and, like, do, like, a house fund account with your mom. Because you're. he's clearly going to continue to take care of the and all of the bills and stuff with his mother. So keep that account, but then also maybe take part of your paycheck and put it in another joint account that you share with Larissa, like putting her in with the funds that you need for like living. It seems like a bad idea. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be commingling assets with this woman. Mm -mm. Although I thought it was sad. Debbie, I think one of the reasons that Debbie's being so quiet now, and you, you said that she has a lot to lose. And I think it's that she says she thinks Larissa wants um her to move out after oh, they for get sure. married and i think she's hoping that if she doesn't make too many waves that larissa will let her stay she's kind of like holding debbie hostage in a way i think at yeah. least in debbie's mind and that was just depressing af yeah no i think she is I, and i think that she's walking on eggshells um and i i think that's she's absolutely right did you hear I colt think- referring to the 90 day return policy this is what i was talking about before <laughs> ouch i mean that's just that's just grotesque yeah, I know. Well, who are we talking about here? I mean, it makes you question him, honestly. You know, I mean, it, it could be the like attracts like here and that, you know, he wanted somebody kind of superficial and selfish or you know, mm-hmm. materialistic or whatever. Because it could be that he has that side to him and we just don't see it because he's smart enough to hide it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because that's pretty telling that he's talking about it like she's a pair of shoes. Yeah. Well, she's kind of acting like a pair of shoes, too, though. I mean, they have, I don't even know, like, it, it seems like two people that are, like, making up a relationship. When they were talking to John and Leah last weekend about, like, how he wants sex all the time and stuff, they have, like, no chemistry. Well, I mean, if they're sleeping together, then they maybe I know, but them. you would think that they would, I mean, but, like, in real life, like, not in real life, but, like... <laughs> In, like, daily life, like, when you see that, there's, like, no chemistry. No. It's very odd. Like, I just feel like, really? You guys are, like, I, I don't know. I, it's weird. I don't even think they're friends. This is like, one of the pitfalls of reality TV, though, is that you see only part of it. You see such a small part of it. And you think yeah. that because they're real people that you are getting an understanding of who they actually are. And, no, and we I don't. Know. You know, we have no clue. So we're just, it's we have true. these little bits and pieces. We're trying to put them together. That's true. In a vacuum, that's true. you know. Yeah, no, you're right. All right, so let's go to the dark people. Okay, I literally can't even, like, be on this for very long. This is just too sad. So just go ahead, I give know. me your thoughts, and we'll just move on. It's just okay. so depressing. So Olga and Steven, she's in the hospital for three days, and he only gets one hour a day with the baby at the hospital. Okay, Steven is already pissing me off. Big time. Like, Olga had fucking surgery. And I have not had a cesarean, but I had... An ovarian cyst removed when I was 18. So I have a huge scar of like 
the olden day cesarean scars. Like anytime I see my OB, when I would get a new OB, they'd always ask me if I had a baby because I have this huge scar. And I remember recovering from that and thinking, I can't believe women recover from the surgery and have to take care of a baby. Yep. I've done it twice. (laughs) Like that's so crazy. And he is being such a petulant child. And he like manhandles her. She's like, he hurts her. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's really annoying. Like it's really bad. Like she's a new mom. She doesn't need to be rushed or pushed like he's doing. She's trying to nurse the baby and he's like, let's go. I mean, I would have murdered him. (laughs) Oh yeah. I would have been been like, like, get out of my room. I would like intentionally screw up my visa, the visa interview. So that I wouldn't have to go to America. You know, that's actually a really good point that you raise. If she actually kind of wants him out of her life and out of the baby's life, I don't know how hard that would be. I mean, the kid's in Russia, born in Russia, mother's from Russia. Like, what can yeah. he really do? They're not going to deport the baby. Well, how could they? The baby's not even an American citizen. Yeah, no, he would be screwed. So he should really, really watch his step. Because he's just like, I mean, he's, it's like awful. I can't even imagine if my husband was like that to me. That's why I'm saying like, I can't even like talk about this segment because it was just so depressing. It was literally like watching a movie, you know, I don't know, watching a movie except that I couldn't, I couldn't comfort myself that it was just a movie, you know, like this is someone's life. Yeah. I just can't. They need new people. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't, I don't like that one. I really don't want them like even on this show. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so let's move on to Kalani and Asuelu. Okay. I'm putting Petey down as we speak, so I'm, like, zipping her into her sleep sack. All right, and I am actually... Oh, my dad found it. See, this is what happens when men are looking for something. They're trying to find my daughter's jacket. Especially things that are right in front of them. And as soon as I get up to go help him look, he's like, oh, here it is. And I'm sure it was, like, right on the dining room table. Anyway, I digress. Okay. So, Aswelu and and Kehlani, uh are still not speaking. Super awkward, and they finally arrive at the house. And I feel like Azuelo and Leda are having opposite experiences. <laughs> what do you mean? Like he is so grateful and oh, proud right. to be there, and he thinks the house is amazing and everything. And like poor Leda is like. This place is a shithole. Get me out of here. It's a hell of a nice house. It's a really cute little, like, kind of idyllic cul-de-sac style neighborhood. I loved it. I would love to live there. No, it was great. It was great. And then her brother comes, like, bouncing down the stairs. And he he hugs this way. I mean, they're very nice. For, for, you know, she sets this up like everybody hates him. But, like, they're very kind. Nobody's been outwardly, like, mean or rude to him. I don't know. I thought the dad and the sister were mean and rude. I didn't think they were mean. I think they were a little bit standoffish. The dad was a little bit standoffish, but I didn't see them overly like hateful. And then, you know, he got, but Nick was super nice. Like the brother like hugs him. And I thought the condom thing was funny. (laughs) I thought the condom thing was funny. And then he's like, okay, I was whale is way too long. What can I call you? (laughs) Ace. (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. Um, The condom thing was funny. And he says they need to make sure they can take care of the baby they have before having another one. Which, right. Hey, which is not fair bad enough. advice. Yeah. <laughs> and then Azuela says that it um, it's rude to talk about sex when you're in Samoa. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's rude here, too. I mean, um, but. Although he also says that only slut people use condoms, which is. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> wildly but I'm a good person. And he's like, but what? 
but why would he give me a condom? I'm a good person. Yeah. And he thinks that because they're engaged, they don't need them. And she explains that they don't want to have another kid. But I think that that's the issue. Like, he doesn't care if they have another kid. I mean, he's like one of, what, eight kids. And they clearly were not super wealthy and they did fine. I mean, it's just a, a cultural difference because right. for him, he's like, whatever we have. So if we have another kid, we have another kid, you know, and she's like, it'll like, happen naturally kind of a thing when it yeah. should. Yeah. And she's kind of like, yeah, no, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah. Um, but I thought that was funny too. Only slut people. Oof, that was cringy. All right. Listen, we actually have to switch to the next recording segment because we're about to run out of time on this one so we'll be right back everybody okay all right so now we go to jonathan and fernanda right tells us that there's 52 days to wed so already over a month has passed and they're gonna bring us some nice close-ups of them getting swole yes (laughs) they decide to go to the gym and Fernanda is like unusually loud and expressive when she's working yeah, out. Yeah, she's like moaning and panting. Clearly supposed to be sexual, and that's what he's saying. Like, oh, it's you know. so bizarre. Yeah, I didn't really need to see this actually. <laughs> no, I really didn't, and I don't feel like people work out like that. It was weird. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't work I don't out know. at all. I don't work out. <laughs> I was like, I don't work out, so I don't really know. Um, but he decides he has to come clean, and why? What better place than in a gym? So he tells her that he and his mom are having issues. Right. And that his mom found out about their engagement on social media. And so she's upset. And it just really stressed Fernanda out even more. You know, she's like, great. Now I'm even more nervous to meet his family, which makes sense. I mean, they already are like skeptical and don't like this, you know, relationship and think that John's going through a midlife crisis, as does everyone else who knows him. Well, but here we got a new tidbit of information because you and I had been wondering sort of what the state of his relationship with his mom had been before he got together with Fernanda. And it had seemed like they had never had a great relationship. But here he says that they had a very close, good relationship, a very like friendly relationship until he started going to Mexico to visit Fernanda instead of spending time with his family. And so that was very interesting to me. It was like, okay, were you, were you very close with your mom until, what, a year or less than a year ago? Because that, I mean, that's concerning, you know. Yeah. If he sort of has it in his head that Fernanda somehow got in between him and his family or vice versa. Um, yeah. That's a recipe for failure. I mean, that's just not going to end well. Totally. I it's mean, clearly I- not her fault. Like, it's about him and his actions. And if she's just going to be a scapegoat, like, she doesn't have a chance. And he doesn't seem like a very strong man. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he's not one of those guys that's going to, like, stick up to his mom. I don't or, think like, so. Stand, he, he would just, I'm just going to be in North Carolina and ignore her. <laughs> you know? I agree. I have to agree. And I think Fernanda knows that. And that's why she's so upset. She knows right. it's all on her. Yeah. So then um, we go back to Cole and Larissa. Okay. So have you noticed that when he talks, his eyebrow goes up all the sometimes time. it does yeah I have. he has this very strange thing and you know what this is totally like weird and off topic kind of but in that article that that uh we posted on the facebook page i was stu <laughs> i read a couple of the comments and somebody was like yeah so she left one transgender guy to date colt who is strangely transgender looking 
Okay, that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> it was so mean. And I was like, oh my gosh. But he does have like really red lips. And he's very, he, he does have a feminine sort of energy about him. Well, maybe she's into that. Yeah. I mean, he's very, uh, I think he's very sweet to her for sure. And um, I noticed that, like, I, I don't know. I just, every time he talks and he does that little eyebrow thing, I cannot not look at it it like totally drives me crazy well now i'm gonna see it thanks a lot i know you've like cursed all of us with this like hyper awareness now (laughs) way to go so this is where i'm on now i switch gears and now i'm on Larissa's side yeah 100 yeah why the hell does he bring her to the highest building in vegas when she's actually legitimately clearly terrified of heights i thought she was gonna cry this is like hashtag worst proposal planning Ever. ever like I know she might be terrified of heights. I'm just going to go ahead and take her there because it's the tallest building ever. And yeah. it's beautiful. What, what was the point view. of that? I'm like, like why would you do that? Like, you know, she is going to hate it. And she says that he should have respected her. And she's right. He's, and I got, right. I got this very weird feeling on, on this in this scene that he was somehow trying to act like some kind of high roller, which is, which is what sort of like he orders an old fashioned, which is like Don Draper's drink of choice. And he has this, he has this like slick, like slick line about how he has the best view because he's looking at her and it's just totally out of left field from him. But the thing is to me, that kind of solved the mystery of why he brought her there. I thought that maybe he was trying to give her what she wants in a way of like being the man, you know, being like the fancy yeah. guy and like setting this like scene. And of course he completely botched it because that's not who he actually is. And then I'm wondering, did they go to like out to dinner first and then go there? Because in the I don't car, think so. they're both like, she's like, I'm starving. He's like, I hope you're oh, hungry. That's true. That's and then true. they go upstairs and then he orders the old fashioned and he's like, do you want to get some dessert or something? You're right. You're right. I bet they'd had dinner. You're I'm right. like, that, that is so sense. bizarre. And then, then she's like, no, I just want water because I'm fucking scared. She's ill and she's ill. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was horrible to watch. Yeah, it was crazy. And he's like, <laughs> and his response when she's like, you have to respect me. Like I, he's like. Yeah, but the view. And I'm like, that is what's going to make her sick, dude. Yeah, he says, I'm sorry you don't like it. It's like, but that only works if you didn't know the person wasn't going to like it. And he knew. Right. He did know. He just was he like. He should be the- sorry that he did something that he knew was going to upset her. Yeah, like, he's that's like, just oh, crazy. but you're going to get over it because the view is so amazing. No, but like I was- said, I don't think it was ill. I don't think he, he meant ill. He did ill, but I don't think he meant ill. And then he actually thought that it was going to, like, sweep her off her feet and it would be, like, worth it to her to have this kind of, like, epic situation. And he was just wrong. I know she ended up being really happy. Like, when he actually proposed, because that was the only legitimately sweet moment that I have ever witnessed between these two people. That's because she liked the ring. You mean the the ringy? The ringy. Because he listened to her demands on the ring. She was, like, legitimately happy with the ring. It's a nice ring. But if he had gone cheap with the ring, she would have been even more miserable. Um, I agree. Although, what kind of proposal is that? Hey, want to get married? Whatever. Uh, my husband invited, asked me to marry him when I was when we were eating frozen burritos at home. I mean, you know, they don't all hit it. Yeah, out I know. Home. I know. I know. My husband didn't do anything very fancy either. But, you know, still. You're being filmed. What happened? He's being filmed. Step it up a notch. You're on TV. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. And then the creepy thing, too, the go and wake up Mama Daddy. That was weird. Don't do that. Why? She and the wolf howling at the moon are sleeping. They were totally sleeping. It was so awkward. It's like, 
she doesn't like her. Like, you know this. Everybody right. knows. It's like the elephant in the room that nobody's, like, talking about. And then you have to go wake her ass up. Like, let her sleep. Debbie's like, there's still time before they're married. She's yeah, like, I know. She's, like, biding her time like a yeah. you know, Disney villain. It was hilarious. Oh, God. It was so bad. Um, oh, this is the scene that I kind of liked. The next. The, I'm sorry. I'm skipping ahead. I'm no, no. To... I'm down. Ashley and okay, Jay. Okay. Ashley and Jay. So Jay goes to get a haircut. And the barbershop is awesome. Like so just, awesome. I love it. Just like all the banter. This is where he's like making friends. But it was kind of an ad for that barbershop. Like he specifically mentions it by name. Yeah. It was, felt but very the people like in staged. There, they're so like, well, they, they break it down, but they call him cousin. You know, they're like, they're like embracing him, right? It was like the movie barbershop. I mean, and he, it says, was. he says the barbershop's a good place to meet black people. It's true. <laughs> I was and- like, wow. And it's probably the most com- and the most comfortable he's felt since he's been there. A hundred percent. They're like sh- teasing him. They immediately fall into this like comfortable banter with him. I was happy for him. I felt like it was the first time he felt comfortable in that town ever. And and he's like, you know, they're like, "Why you're getting married? You're yeah. twenty." They're like, "What?" And the one guy's like, "Dude, it's a it's a setup for failure getting married in ninety days." And I'm like, thank you, Captain Obvious. Yeah, they're total <laughs> voice of reason, but it was like the funniest, most fun voice of reason conversation ever. Oh, totally. It was like multiple people. The one guy's like holding up his phone where apparently his wife is just like keeps texting him over and over and calling. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's like, this is what happens when you get married. He's <laughs> like, don't get married. She knows I'm at work and she's blowing up my phone. Don't do it. <laughs> But the funny thing was, okay, first of all, he says that he wouldn't marry her if it wasn't a requirement of the visa, which I didn't take poorly. I mean, I think they're trying to make him look bad, like, oh, I don't really want to marry her. I'm doing no, it for I think the visa. He, I think what he was saying was basically, like, if we could just be engaged yeah, for a while, we would do that. Yeah. We would do that. But we yeah. have to actually get married in order for us to have a relationship. Which is a very fair response to yeah, the voice no, of I reason, agree. which is like, dude, it's not like I want to do this. It's just this is how it works. Although I did think it was funny that when he explained to them further, you know, they're all on his ass saying, don't get married. You're wasting the prime of your life. You're not going to be able to be faithful to her in the long term. You're going to get a seven year itch. Like all these things that we're all thinking they said, like this like Greek chorus, which is fantastic. But then he says, we only have to be married for two years, essentially. For yeah, because they said, when can you get divorced? How, how long you got to be married before you can get divorced? He's like, two years. And, and so they're like, like oh, oh, marry her. Marry her. Yeah, only two years. Oh, okay. And they all like. <laughs> that was both really funny and really horrifying. <laughs> it's so funny. And I don't even know if that's true. I, I don't know I, either. I, didn't I think he, he might have been referring to when it's like a green card status thing. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, I wasn't sure where he got that either. Although I also remember like vaguely in the Danielle Muhammad storyline oh, right, right, right. that there was some or, or, or maybe Anfisa said it, that there was some kind of like two year significance. And yeah. I have no clue what it is. But that was totally funny. I love This was that. the best scene it probably was. of this entire season. Like it yeah. was truly funny. It was like specific to the show. It broke things down in a way that made a lot of sense. Um, it was still kind of the fish out of water thing, but he had found kind of his water, so to speak. Yeah. And I just loved it. We needed it. I, this gave me life. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it immensely. Cause then we go to Leighton and Eric. Back, back to Baraboo. <laughs> back to AKA Baraboo. On Earth. <laughs> no offense, Baraboo. <laughs> um, okay. So Eric comes home from work and he goes to the apartment. To like an intervention. 
Totally, because Leda's been blowing up his phone. Like, you got to get your ass over here. And he's pissed at rightly know that they went to his house when he wasn't when he was at work. Right. Um. And Raina starts in on Eric saying that it's not just that it's a mess; it's that it's completely inappropriate for a family of four. Like, where are the kids going to sleep? You have a twin bed. She's not wrong. I mean, well, except he says Tasha's supposed to move out. So then she's been told. He's like Tasha has been told to move out, and. He thinks that Alessandro should stay in the bedroom with them. What? Why? Yeah, that was odd. There isn't He's even like five. a place for Alessandro to sleep in. There's the not a place for her to sleep in there. Right. I mean, like, what? And then Reyna wants to make sure it's safe for Alessandro. And Eric says that that has nothing to do with the apartment. As long as there aren't spikes on the walls or exposed wires, he'll be fine. I'm like, wow, that's pretty low bar for safety there, uh, Eric. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, yeah. he what he says is that he thinks they're sort of sort of overtly overreacting regarding Alessandro's safety because they actually are concerned about keeping up appearances. Like right. that it has nothing to do with Alessandro, that they really just don't want their daughter to be in a situation like this. But it's, it's, that's silly, too, because if that was the case, they wouldn't be on the show. Yeah, you know, I mean, if they were like so a, worried. I know because I, hi, it's appearances for everybody now. Yeah, exactly. I just think it's like I mean, it's fair. I'd be like, I don't know what I would do if that were my if Leda were my daughter and Alessandro were my grandson. The tough, the sticky wicket is the kid. I think that if you had a daughter her age, you'd be, I'd like, be like, okay, go. you know, you can go make you your do mistakes, you. But there's a go. little kid involved, and so they feel. I think that they I think they feel like raised. they have to be involved, right? Yeah, that they right. it does, and clearly doesn't have a father in his life and i did think it was interesting that they wanted the dad and reyna said basically just come back to indonesia all of you like they were sort of inviting eric to just come back with them which really just adds yet another layer of mystery to all of this like what is the point of all this and lena is so selfish she's already childish she is and she's not like a child she's so she's already pissed at tasha says that yeah, Tasha she hates Tasha. Is yeah. off of work f- for a few days so she can pack and leave and figure it out because she's an adult. I'm like, uh, hi, pot climb kettle black. But the dad makes like the most sage comments about that. He's like, you can't just run off another I, person. They are the you voice of reason. They are like the best voice of reason I've ever heard. Honestly, yeah. on the show, they're so smart. They're, they're so like, measured. you have you have the opportunity to be a good role model for this young Yeah, girl. you're her stepmother. You can't just write her off. That's insane. But they yeah. say it in this, like, very, you know, effectual way. You know, yeah. essentially, to me, it said that they are still very much her parents. Yeah, and even the Reina. Reina's like, you know, she she's not a bad kid. She just has bad habits. Like, you exactly. know, you, you got to work with it. I, I this was stuff was so smart. impressed. By I was parents. so impressed. Because I've been, I've been waiting to, like, hate them because I thought they were going to come out and just be like, you are a piece of shit. Your house no, is dirty. They're and they so were like, measured. They're like, hey, right, Leda, grow up. Like, you're going to be a stepmom. Don't be such yeah. an asshole, you know? Like, but in a much nicer way, of course. Um, a and thousand then, percent agree. And then Leda's dad even offers to give them some money so they can move. Yeah, I had been wondering about that. Like, what was the idea? You know, she, she's talking in this episode about just how wealthy they really are and how it's, like, astounding wealth. And it's like, okay, but in those situations, the parents just bankroll the kids, you know? Like, why, why does he even need to have his own independent resources? If they have, if they have fuck you money... Then right. why aren't they just handing it to them? But here they sort of do attempt to do that, and it becomes clear 
that Eric won't accept their money, which is the real issue. And it had never come up before. And I thought that was really fascinating. He thinks it would be a sign of weakness for him to take money uh, from that. And I'm wondering how long that's going to last. He's if it comes so down to like Losing but, her. You well, know. you know, but the, he's not because this is the thing. He's happy to live in this hole in this apartment. Right. He doesn't think it's a shithole or he does. And he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think that the way she saw that place, it wasn't just that, like, Tasha had, like, a crazy weekend without him. Like, that's how they live, I think, on a regular basis. I don't think he's some neat freak who has his daughter who came in and had, like, a party and didn't clean up after herself. Like, no, I mean, I think that even if he would rather live more in a more, you know, appropriate way, she just is a mess. So I'm sure he's gotten used to it and that that's what he lives with. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not. And he's also somebody who doesn't want to spend money. So he's not going to go to a nicer luxury apartment, even if he could afford it, which I don't know that he can. But even if he could afford it because he doesn't want to spend. Why spend the money on a on a fancy place when this works just fine? Like he's one of those guys that's like. But this is just fine, you know. Yeah, that's not going to fly with her. I mean, it's insane. It's he not. It will. It's they're going to. They're. I mean, if he were smart, he would have accepted the two months. I mean, it wasn't like her dad was willing to like put him on a salary or anything. He said, oh, "For two months, I'll take care of a new apartment so you guys can, so you can move. I'm helping you out so you can move." I. I mean, I know that for him, it's like a pride thing, but like, dude, I would have just been like to save a lot of strife in your family like just do it <laughs> but he doesn't and then the dad and Raina say that they want Leda and Alessandra to go back to Indonesia and it's interesting because this is what she's been fearing this whole time right she's been telling us that you know my they're gonna make me go back they're gonna make me and Alessandra go back no they're they, not gonna make her do anything I don't yeah, believe and it. they finally did it they finally said you know we want you guys to come back and she says, no, I'm going to stay here with him. And then they're like, okay. So yeah, it was this, silly. That whole buildup was so silly. huge buildup and this big drama. Like, oh, they're going to make me go. They said, okay, we think you should go back. And she's like, no, I'm going to stick with Eric. And this is where I think it's like a, it's like, it's almost like her trying to assert her adulthood in a way. Like, I can't back out now and go back home. I agree. She's just digging her heels in, even though she knows it's not working out. But yeah. there's a kid in the balance, so... You know, I feel sorry for her. I think that she really just doesn't know what's what the right thing to do is. And she's sort of flailing around and she's refusing to take advice from people who do know. I'm going to give a PSA to all the parents out there. Don't spoil your children because they turn out like later. She does seem spoiled. (laughs) She's totally spoiled. They've taken care of everything. She has she knows she knows not how to struggle. This woman, she doesn't know what it's like to struggle. I mean. Yes, it would be a little disappointing to get to go and see that apartment and it's so messy and stuff and you'd feel a little overwhelmed, but it wouldn't be like as devastating as she's making it seem. I don't know. I would be really, really horrified if I brought my young child to a place like that and was told that we needed to live there. (laughs) Yeah, but you wouldn't ahead of ahead of time. You would have paid more attention because you would have been like, well, wait, let me see. Where is he going to sleep? Where is my kid going to sleep? But she's so like disconnected even from her kid. You know, I mean, her family's like, who's going to take care of your son? You know, I, I, you know, we think of Colt and Larissa as being such a mismatch and they are sort of physically, but these yeah. two are a mismatch just in terms of like just Everything. reality and lifestyle. <laughs> they really are. I mean, I still have to hold true that like Kehlani and Asuelo, they'll figure it out. And I think they're actually a good 
care. They're good people. And I, I and even though John is like a perpetual bachelor, I still like him and Fernanda. And I really like Fernanda. Like I hope it works out for her. Um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet the ranch on that. No, I know, but I, I just I like them. And you know, Olga and Steven, I they just need to get off. I the can't. Show. I literally can't. I literally cannot. I may actually reach a point where I can't even like talk about them because it's yeah. too sad for me. It's it too, is too sad. very sad. I feel like they are Mohammed Danielle level on a different like I can't No, but it's so much worse than that because you know, Danielle had, had kids, but they were older and I think they were used to a lot of weird hijinks from her, so I'm it was kind of like a lost cause, but I am all about parents being in their children's lives. I really am. And I think oh, families yeah. should be united. But in this particular situation, even from the little glimpse I've seen, I really hope that she fails the visa test and stays in Russia. I have to agree with you. I mean, I just think he's in bad shape. There's He wants to be a dad so bad, but doesn't know how. And he's right. not, a, he's ill-equipped. He's just ill-equipped. Well, we'll see. Hopefully they'll just go away. Yeah, I know. I They're hard to watch. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to another um, episode. And um, we will be back soon. Yeah, this episode was a little bit short and a little bit discombobulated because we were just trying to make sure that we could get it done and out to you given the holiday. Mm-hmm. Um and hopefully, you know, we'll be able to have more in-depth discussions and, you know, no interruptions, et cetera. Although that may be just, just wishful thinking. So you don't get your hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, Take us as we are. Keep the, keep the bar low, guys. Keep the bar low. <laughs> yeah, keep the bar low, please. We should, we should change the name of the podcast to keep the bar low. Keeping the bar low. <laughs> all right all well right. until next time guys i hope you all have a happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving bye. bye legal disclaimer this is a personal podcast just for fun solely meant for entertainment purposes we are lawyers but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast we're not creating any kind of attorney client relationship in the podcast and also keep in mind that Anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you. <laughs>